Welcome to Behind the Flag Podcast, sponsored by Get It Right Enterprises. Come on, join the crew and take the field during Friday Night Lights. We will learn from experienced guest presenters and mentors that will help you become a better football official, providing the tools to put you in the correct position to make the right call. Raise your officiating knowledge and strive to become the best football official and expert in National Federation High School rules. Learn the art of film breakdown, mechanics, and philosophies. You know, every year we have an entire off-season to get prepared. But in-season, you only have one chance to get it right. Can't eat it. What's up, Dennis? How you been? Good. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've done one of these, so uh, we've had, what, a camp uh, prior to this that we put on in Santa Fe that went great. Um, football season's midway, and uh, things are going good. Yeah, it's more than midway. We're getting ready to do the six-man playoffs this, uh, this weekend. That just came out. Uh, the bracket came out. Yeah, and, uh, anyway, um, my arbiter uh, count uh, schedule is getting thinner and thinner, so yeah, yeah we must be getting towards the end. Yeah, but uh, we're not here about that. We're here about a Miss Dana Pappas. Have you heard of her? Yeah, she just got a big time job somewhere in Indianapolis. Am I correct? Yeah, I think she's something like the director of officiating services for the NFHS. Um, she she had a little job here in New Mexico as a commissioner of officials for I don't know, a couple years. <laughs> yeah, a couple years, <laughs> and then and then uh, she moved on. She got what she needed from from New Mexico and left. Well, we we love her, <laughs> but we miss her. But uh, welcome, Dana Pappas. Hello from the Hoosier State, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. We're doing well. Uh, and New Mexico's a little less sunny without you in it, but you know we're surviving. Oh, that's awfully sweet. <laughs> well, it's. Uh, you know, it's weird because I'm pretty sure I brought all of the nice New Mexico weather with me. It's been, you know, in the 70s. My mom, and I talked to her the other day, and she goes, we had our first freeze. You might, you guys must be freezing. I was like, no, it's like in the mid-70s. So it's been it's been interesting, but uh, it's, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, just so everyone knows, um, Dana, she was part of New Mexico officiating family for 25 years around there. And 24. 24. She's yep. at the end of her career here, getting ready to retire, and uh, she got hired as the director of officiating services. So um, she took a step up, and she's in a new position, and we like to uh, learn a little bit about her new position because I don't think this position has existed before at the NFHS. That is correct, and it's a brand-new position. Um, it is the director of officiating services, so... In a nutshell, it is because it's new, it's still kind of growing and evolving, and it'll be pretty interesting because there's a lot of it that I'll be able to, to tailor to the needs of our state associations, uh, which is super exciting. But uh, one of the main position or roles in the position is taking care of the COS, which is the Center for Official Services, on the NFHS website. And really what that is is a one-stop shop for registration, payments, uh, assigning, all the nine, all of those nine yards, um, 
for officials. So overseeing that process, plus developing training and education tools for officials in all 17 sports at the NFHS sanctions. So it'll be interesting as I've had, you know, no exposure in New Mexico to gymnastics and lacrosse and field hockey, ice hockey, other than being a fan, um, you know, just all the sports that we didn't sanction in New Mexico, there will be a quite a learning curve with some of those as well, but it's, um, it's exciting to move into a, a brand new position and to be a part of the National Federation family, which of course, with being in the NMAA office for 24 years, I was always part of the family by extension, but to actually be here in India has been a you know dream job, um, definitely opportunity of a lifetime that just um, surfaced and I couldn't not try to see if I was qualified for it. So it, it's been a, a whirlwind since June, July, uh, moving out here at the beginning of September. So it was a cross-country move, left home for the first time in my life and uh, had to leave mom and dad and all, all of my officiating family out there. And it's it's been hard from some perspectives just because you do get homesick, but the, the job and the just everything up here is so cool. Lots of sporting events and concerts for Ed and I to attend. So it's been good for our, uh, our lives outside of work, but also um, finding a way to channel passion for officials in a different way has been really a, an honor and a great opportunity. So uh, you had said, hold on, did you hear the excitement in her voice? Yeah. I know it sounds like you're really happy. <laughs> it really is. I, I am very, very happy. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where every day I walk in the front door and I look at our NFHS shield and I go, oh my gosh, I work here. And it's hard not to get goosebumps and to be excited about walking into the building every day because it's, you know, there's only 44 people in the country who do what we do. And uh, to be a, you know, a small part of that is just such an honor. And it's, it's really a, it's a cool feeling uh, to be part of something that unique. Yeah. You know, and, and we really haven't had any, direct interaction with the NFHS um, as far as, you know, the training and education, uh, you know, we get the emails, we get, we see their websites. Um, but you said you're in charge of overseeing training and education for 17 different sports. Um, that's a lot. I mean, you left here overseeing 10. And so exactly. you almost doubled your workload. It sounds like. Well, the, you know, the good thing is the NFHS has an education department. Uh, Dan Schuster here is the head of the NFHS Learn, the online learning center, and the, the team here is wonderful. So the great thing is the rules editors here and all the different sports will be helping with that content. And really, a lot of my role is coming up with how do we best deliver the message to officials. So while I don't have to be responsible for the content, it's more about delivery. It's more about format. It's about finding what works. Um, you know, what we're looking at is trying to do some non-sport specific, like we did a little bit of in New Mexico with regard to, to game management and communication and the things that are outside of the confines of the rule book to provide those resources. And then we're even looking at, you know, assign our best practices and some of the things that maybe there isn't a guidebook about that. You know, how do you become an assigner? What are your parameters as an assigner? Because there's some things that are universal, even though we have 51 member associations that do things differently. There's some policies and practices that can be applied across the board. So those are some of the things we want to provide for state associations or local officials associations, just to try to 
give them a, a template or a guidebook for some of what they do off the court, off the field, off the ice, et cetera? Yeah, so we had seen a, a magazine, NFHS magazine, um, I mm-hmm. believe. Is that something that you guys are involved in? So that's High School Today. Is that yeah, the one that's... with uh, Joe on the front? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Happy for Joe. I, it was pretty cool. So High School Today is the monthly publication that comes out of the NFHS office, and it's both online and hard copy magazine, and it's really a really a tribute to everything that the National Federation does. So it highlights activities, athletics, um, obviously performing arts are a huge part of what we do here, speech and debate, um, and it's really tailored for for high school sports. So, you know, when you look through there, you'll see a lot of things about um, how to manage a music event, but on the same side, you'll see things about sportsmanship, about uh, concussion management, any of the things that are coming up, sports medicine advisories. So when you, you know, when you look through that, it's really got a a very um, diverse mix of stories and a diverse population that it's being sent to. So it goes to state associations, it goes to athletes, athletic directors within high schools across the country. So there's a good readership and the, you know, the articles and the publications are really geared toward that specific high school crowd, because that's not always the case when you read, you know, sports magazines, it's very seldom focused on high school sports. Yeah. And this is a little different than what we would see in um, the referee magazine and the NASO portion of the referee magazine. This is more towards just the high school official. Exactly. It is, and it's, you know, high school, really coaches, officials, administrators, it's kind of all the members of the interscholastic family, so it is it is very unique to that um, education-based athletics. So, you know, we, we kind of took a really good look at um, the broad view of, of what your position is, but can you talk a little bit about what you do day-to-day as far as, you know, when you come into your office and you know, what does your schedule look like? I mean, and, and it's a new position you said, right? So you're pretty much yes. creating, you're creating your own uh, field basically. Or yeah. Curriculum. In a lot of ways. Yes. So the, you know, the foundation is here as far as the what's online for training and education. The COS has already been around for about 18 months. So managing that. But really when I came on board, which was August 1st, I did work remotely from New Mexico, New Mexico for about a month and then got to the office uh, day after Labor Day. Um, I've been doing really a lot of needs assessments with the state associations to see what it is the Federation is doing well for officials, what we can improve upon, and really just trying to get, you know, put a finger on the pulse of what's going on within our, our 51 member associations. So that's been pretty time consuming trying to get that together. And one of the things that, uh, you know, we're doing is we're, we have an officials advisory committee here, which is comprised of representatives from each section in the, in the country. Uh, the NFHS is divided into eight sections. Um, New Mexico actually is in section six of that. So there's one representative from each section and I'm really trying to activate them a little bit more. Um, instead of meeting once a year, we're going to meet four times a year just to try to get, more input and more of a feel of what goes on nationally. Um, I was fortunate to attend the Midwest Official Summit last month, which had about 15 state directors um, from the Midwest. And kind of, uh, it's starting to spread outside of the Midwest. And it was an amazing three days spent with people just all facing the same issues and doing some troubleshooting and doing some commiserating because I think a lot of times state directors of officials are the only people who really know what they go through. So 
that was a great opportunity. But one of the, you know, one of the things along with needs assessments is I'm really trying to figure out a way to foster the relationships and partnerships with, you know, the, the NFL, the NBA, NCAA. Um, you know, the pipeline of officials is hurting at the high school level, which ultimately affects every other level of sport. So we're trying to partner now with some of the other organizations to um, strengthen that pipeline. So how do we recruit? How do we retain? And how do we have many hands working on the same problem instead of everybody approaching it from different ways? So uh, next week I'll be going up to Racine, Wisconsin, to meet with um, NASO and REI to talk to them about some cross-collaboration. We're looking at some stuff with some of the other leagues just to work, you know, put everybody's heads together because we all have the same problem. It's just a matter of figuring out what we can do together to to help solve the problem with regard to recruitment and retention of officials. So, um, you know, it has, like I said, it's kept me busy just doing needs assessments, trying to look at the Become an Official campaign here, which receives about a thousand inquiries a week across the country and figuring out what those where the holes are in that system from our side of things, you know, is it is because communication goes to spam filters? Is it because we're not responding timely enough to individuals who inquire? So there's just, it's been a lot of just researching and trying to get my feet underneath me as far as what direction do I need to go based upon what the state associations truly need. And I think, you know, you guys know from working with me at that level, it's basically the same as asking officials, what do you need? Now I'm asking state associations, what do you need for your officials? So it's just that trying to cater to what the states need the most and and figuring out the formula for that. So um, I'm in the research phase, you know, implementation will probably be here in in the next six months or so, but it's been, um, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of time on the phone, a lot of Zooms and just, um, trying to put everything together to formulate a plan. Yeah, I see recruitment nationally, not only just in New Mexico, as the biggest issue currently. Um, I, you know, if Dennis and I through Behind the Flag could, you know, help in any way, you know, do a separate podcast or do whatever we can do to to help out, please let us know. But I, it's it's I think it's a, we're at a point of almost a, a national emergency with the shortage of football officials. You know. Oh, it, it it is for sure, and it's it's all sports. And I think, you know, the the pandemic hit us, and I hate to talk about the pandemic, I really do, but I think that it hit us in ways that we hadn't expected. There were so many people who we thought would come back that just haven't, or you know, maybe they were contemplating retirement, and the pandemic was the the final decision maker for them. So the rebound from that, and I know we're not past it yet. Um, that's been really difficult across the country. So there's a lot of loss from that, that we just, you know, we've got to figure out a way to replace those individuals. And and it's so hard when you're bringing new people in and you have to get them game ready more quickly than in the past. And, you know, you're putting them in situations that they probably aren't ready for yet. So it's like, how do you cautiously do that and in good conscience do that to, to best serve kids? So uh, recruitment will continue to be an issue. And then, you know, retention, you can't have one without the other. If you, you know, if you don't retain, why are you recruiting? And if you don't recruit, you can't retain. So it's just one of those uh, relationships that we've got to, you know, we've got to find some solutions. And, and, you know, the difficulty becomes from this desk, what works for Iowa might not work for California. Um, everything's set up so differently. All the state associations kind of 
we're all doing the same thing, but um, the, the way to get there is very different across the board. So how do we how do we streamline some systems so that they can really be implemented into different states? And, and there's some states out there doing some amazing work and really trying to develop some best practices to try to help the entire membership. Yeah, so um, with that, how do you reach out to, say, like you're the new commissioner here that um, is new in his position as far as how do you tie your position into helping a, a association that um, not really starting from ground zero but starting with new personnel and, and it has the same issues um, that was there, that's been there for the last five years? So really, it's just that communicating with all the state directors and letting them know that we're we're here as a resource to them and finding out what it is that they need because you know it's hard coming from a state association and having the time in New Mexico that I did. I never want to step on you know I don't want to step on the on Zach Stevenson's toes. He's he's the commissioner of officials there now. So how can I help yet stay in my lane? It's kind of a you know it's kind of a difficult situation and and sometimes I feel like I'm you know, being overly invasive. So I'm trying to, to do my best to remember that it's, it's, you guys aren't my kids anymore. You'll always be my kids, but now, now, uh, you know, you fall under Zach's authority. So, you know, how can I help in that way? But really it's, you know, I've I've been sending out a ton of emails and communications to state directors, just let them know, use us as a resource and here that, you know, here's what we provide for state associations. If you're a 100% 100% state. Here's things that are available to everybody. So just it, communication constant. You you all remember the thousands of emails I used to send. That hasn't changed. They just go to different people now. So um, it, you know you probably miss those. I'm sure all the all the daily emails. But um, it you know it's the same thing. Just opening lines of communication and making yourself uh, available to the the population you serve. I'm st- I'm still catching up on some of those emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we, don't respond back to the nmact.org. That, that account's been shut down. <laughs> we were never in the dark, put it that way. Yeah. We, there was always information coming out. Uh, so, wait, so, hold, hold on. I, oh, I just thought about something. How much do you miss green chili? Um... I don't yet, but I'm sure it'll get there. It's funny, Ed and I were just having that conversation the other night. He wanted me to get some green chili for some of the guys he works with. And then he goes, are you going to order us any? And I'm like, I never actually, once we became vegetarians, I kind of stopped cooking with green chili, which seems really weird. I was like, well, I don't make chicken enchiladas anymore, so what do I need green chili for? So I don't know. I don't miss it yet, but I'm sure it'll come. Well, just tell me. I live right by the chili addict. I can ship it to you immediately, so let me know. The sweet. <laughs> well, thank you. I will definitely let you know. <laughs> Ken and his squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that never ends. Yeah. Some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> So um, getting back to, to the training and the education part of, of it, let's, let's change gears a little bit from how you could help the state association and actually help individual um, entities that are, I guess, not really directly involved with the association, but do go out and put camps on in, in the states that are privately owned that are um, helping to fish, um, educate officials um you know there's ken's camp in albuquerque there's a southwest camp down in cruces there's uh the camp front range up in colorado so individual camps that that are run by officials that are training other officials is is there any resources out there where where you could help um 
individuals and, and this process? Um, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of courses that are available and um, information on NFHS Learn, but certainly if a, if a camp director, if it's high school sports, if they need something, all they have to do is reach out. And one of the things that I, I've kind of been kicking around the notion of, I haven't, I haven't bit the bullet to start inquiring yet, but really trying to get with each state and find out about camps in their, in their states and what's going on, because I've already gotten some emails from people who have inquired through become an official about, you know, where do I go to camp? We don't have that information here. So I always have to kick it back to the local association or state association. So, you know, if, if there was a way for me to get a hold of who those camp directors are in each state, it would be something where I could send out an email to them and say, here's some resources available through NFHS Learn or whatever resource we have and share that with those camp directors. Because, you know, at the end of the day, our, our goal at the NFHS is just to get officials better and to help them improve and to help them stay true to their craft. So if there's ways that we can help and, and somebody knows um, that the Federation is here for them, you know, by all means, send us, a, you know, send me an email, send me a text, and I'll, I'll do the best I can to help, or at least find somebody who can. So if we don't have it here, we'll find somebody who can who can work with that. But it's definitely the whole camp thing in all sports has been bounced around my head since I got here and trying to figure out if, you know, should I develop a national database of those? I don't know. It seems like a gigantic undertaking, but with technology, I don't know if it would really be that big of a deal, you know, put together a Google form and have people fill out their camp information and just have a kind of a repository for that information because people, people come in and that's one of their first questions. How did, you know, how do I get some on the field training? Um, and that's a valid question, especially when you're brand new, you don't know. Right. And where do we get uniforms and where do we get exactly funding for those uniforms? Mm-hmm. I know that there's, there's programs out there like, uh, Battlefields to ball fields and and stuff like that, but not everybody's a veteran. Exactly. So, and that's one of the things we're talking about here is you know how do we start finding people who will help help with grants and help with that startup cost? Because you know one of the things we're talking about is okay, let's let's try to get kids graduating from high school. They're not going to have the eight hundred dollars it takes to get started up in the sport of baseball, which is you know super expensive with all the protective gear. So what are we can you know what can we do to help defray some of those costs because it is it is expensive with dues and fees and uniforms and whatever else that it is you have to buy um, to get started. So when, that's been a topic of conversation here just since I've been here and I'm sure before that as well. Right, and I know from from experience from us uh, putting on our own camp, um, it's expensive to put on a camp. Absolutely. You, know, you, you charge a hundred, hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty dollars uh, official, um, and then you go out and you you try to get um, companies to sponsor you and sponsor officials. And I think we did somewhat of a decent job um, last August. Um, He's being humble, <laughs> and I figured, you know, but. You know, not every company wants to uh, sponsor, you know, a couple hundred dollars official and uh, or just donate food and stuff like that. But um, I know that based off of our research, there is other programs out there um, that have helped with grants for these camps. Uh, One of them, I think, is a grassroots from the NFL 
to the, to the NFHS. I don't know if you could talk about that a little bit um, in case any camp directors are listening. So we did actually, I just met with um, with the NFL yesterday, in fact, and one of the things we were talking about is, is really that grassroots development and how we can start, how the NFL can start helping the NFHS and our membership with regard to recruitment and retention and, you know, training opportunities and education. So we're really kind of in a brainstorming mode right now. Um, they had, uh, what I was told is they got started a little bit late for this season to really get their programs off the ground. So we're, we're already planning now for next football season. So what they're looking at is really what's going on in the summers in different states. How can they help? How can they, you know, do some recruitment fairs, those kinds of things. And then they were talking about camps and clinics and other opportunities for them to really kind of invest in within different markets. So we were looking at, you know, do we try to do stuff by NFHS section? Do we find places that are big NFL markets? You know, what, what's the magic solution? So we're, like I said, we're really in the initial phases of that, but the NFL is very interested in grassroots. They're very interested in um, looking at some of the, the diversity work and, you know, women and minorities in officiating as well. So there's a lot going on with them right now that they really want to work with the, the high school um, group of officials. And that that's exciting because, you know, they've done, I don't know if you uh, think you guys were around yet, like in 2004, they did a grassroots camp in New Mexico, and then they did another one in 2014 when in, um, New Mexico hosted the NASO Summit. So they've been in New Mexico twice, and I think, you know, they're just continuing to look for places where they will be supported as far as getting the word out about their presence. Um, you know, you don't want to bring the NFL in and have four people show up. That's a little bit uh, that's not worth their investment, in my opinion. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, not for them in this case. But, um, you know, they're really interested in some grassroots development. And I think with that will come some, you know, some financial stuff. We haven't gotten to that point of the conversation yet, but I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't um, just because they're so invested in this, uh, in this process. Right. Well, when you talk to them, they're welcome to join us in Santa Fe next August. <laughs> I will definitely let them know because they're, they're looking for places, that's for sure. No, we talk all the time about, you know, locally, we'd like to raise enough money every year to outfit like 10 new young football officials. Um, you know, I think it'd be easier to recruit and retain if we can get them set up and, you know, get, oh, them, sure. get, them, get them one or two free camps, get them some, uh, at least a one set of uniforms and, and then we have a shot of, of recruiting a 18 to 24 year old, you know, other. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Tough, you know, but. Um, it is. Cause I, you know, I remember being 18 to 24 and I certainly didn't have the money laying around to be able to, you know, just spend before I made any money back on my investment. So it's just, you know, that's tough of, okay, go ahead and buy all your stuff. And maybe by the end of the season, you'll recruit, you'll recoup what you've spent. So makes it a little less attractive. That's for sure. Well, the you left after the Bloom Fiesta. What else did she miss here? I'm just trying to put a little New Mexico flavor in this call. So I know uh, I I did see that was kind of sad. I did see pictures of the Bloom Fiesta on social media, and that was you know where the NMAA office is. I always had a really good view of the balloon, so I I did miss out on that. I am getting spectacular fall color change up here. It's nice. uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. So I'm enjoying that because fall is my favorite season. So driving home, I get to see red and purple and yellow and brown and every color that you can think of. So that's been pretty cool. And there's water here, which is super interesting. So, (laughs) 
Ken Squirrel again. So, um, <laughs> sorry about that. They're all over the place. <laughs> it's like a forest. Uh, so let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, the playoff seasons coming up, postseason across the, the country for high school. Um, are you guys involved in, in any of that as far as, uh, I guess, we'll stay with the same topic of, of education and um, the playoff brackets and, and any kind of resources that you give the state associations when it comes to championship games? Not really. Um, everything is pretty much geared just for the, the regular season. Um, obviously, the federation itself is tied in through the network and some of the other you know, corporate uh, situations that go on with the federation and, and, uh, and those products. But as far as officiating, unless we're asked, that's really up to the state association. So I know everybody is in playoff time right now in various sports. Um, I didn't even realize that New Mexico was in, you guys are in your first week, did you say, for six-man? Yeah, the bracket just came out Sunday, and they're sending out assignments this week. And I think the first game should be uh, this Saturday, I believe. Okay, yeah, gosh. That's crazy. Of course, this is when it gets really interesting because you're wrapping up regular season, you're starting postseason, and it becomes just a giant shift of puzzle pieces. But, uh, you know, definitely I've talked to the state director here in Indiana, and she was telling me for soccer, she was just, you know, shortages are killing her as far as their regional and state levels of play because there's just, you know, even at the at the higher level, there's not enough officials. So, um, but, you know, going back to your question, there's not really anything we do prior to postseason um, for state associations for officials unless there's something that, you know, they're asking for. One of the things that I've tried to do is through the COS, if there's state associations who are registered through there, I'm trying to do a little bit of officials appreciation with them, um, you know, from the national level so that they know that there's somebody here who's appreciative of their efforts as well because, you all know that I hate anywhere to be a faceless organization, so I'm really trying to do something here to build relationships with officials across the country, which is which is fun. You know, that's my favorite part of, of the job is being able to have those relationships. So, um, yeah, so that's so, nothing so, special. Yeah, thanks. Um, I was hoping that there would be something available, but. I'm going to turn the. I'm going to flip the script. What are you looking for? No, we're, I'm just wasn't looking for anything. I just didn't know. So I was hoping that there would be a surprise there by just asking the question. So no, nothing, nothing yet. But I, hey, I'm still new. So I did. I was told my by one of my assistants the other day. She said I only get six months to use the excuse of I'm new. So okay. the learning curve. I thought I was going to have twelve months, but I get six months to say I'm new, and then after that, I have to just pretend like I'm an old pro. Everything. I thought he was trying to get a playoff game somehow oh, yeah. through the. Yeah, can I get a playoff like, game somewhere? <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> so, God, yeah. See, I try to, I try to help him out. He turns me down. I said Alaska, and he said no. Hawaii. I said. What? I said no. Hawaii. No. He no you don't get to. You don't get to choose. Come on, he, man. he doesn't like cold weather games. No. Oh, so, gosh. so you said that. Oh gosh. There's 51 associations. What's the 51st one? D.C. D.C., okay. Yeah, um, so District of Columbia has their own state association. Okay. So I, I don't know if it was Puerto Rico or one of the other territories, U.S. territories. No, it's D.C. And then a lot of the officials up in that area will work in, you know, D.C., Virginia, Maryland. So there's a lot of reciprocity going on up there. Right, right. 
So um, the big question, you know, we're, we're heavily involved with the American Samoa Association um, through through our training platform, Behind the Flag, and, and we pulled uh, the NMOA into it uh, the last couple of years. But is there anything that uh, the NFHS can provide to uh, territories like that that are, you know, playing under the NFHS rules, they are a territory of the United States and um, they're out on an island in the Pacific kind of by themselves and really short on equipment and, and um, I'm actually looking, I am paying attention, but as you were asking, we do have um, some associations and I was flipping to this in our little handbook. We do have affiliate members and there's some affiliate members in Canada um, some of the islands, I don't see American Samoa in here. There's Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, St. John's. So I don't know specifically what the benefits are to them, but I can certainly find out because I, I haven't been uh, asked that question as of yet. So it's something that I would have to um, find out, but I'm sure if there's a, a place where they're in need, there might be some information we can at least disseminate their way and see what, you know, see what we can do to help. Yeah, we've been sending them a lot of information over the last couple of years. With, with I know you have, which has been awesome. Stuff like that, so. we, we met them up at a football camp in uh, Front Range, Colorado, and uh, it just blossomed into a really great relationship. Wasn't one of you going to go there, or have you yet? We, we are waiting for the border to open to go to their state championship game the weekend of Thanksgiving, I believe. Oh wow! So, so maybe not this year, but next uh, year. We were supposed to go last year. Uh, of course, we, there was no travel; the border was closed. So, there's possibility that we could go this year, but we're still waiting on confirmation from the um, regional signer there. Nice. Well, if you go, let me know. Yeah, and we'd like to take some stuff with us um, because apparently there's one flight per month. For, supp- oh my gosh. for supplies and everything because their border has actually been closed for 18 plus 20 months. Holy smokes, that's so, crazy. So when we send them stuff, we try to send a big care package of stuff that they can use until they get another uh, cargo plane in. And it's so, not like Amazon Prime. You yeah, can't no, just yeah, order no. every single day. Yep. Yeah. You can't. Not you that I do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can order every single day. You're just not going to get it for... Gosh, that's eight to ten months, but. And you and Nate were so helpful on that last batch of stuff to those guys. So thank you very much. Of course, and just make you know make sure you continue to to hit up the office for that stuff because that you know all of our associations, be it the the National Federation or the NMAA or whatever of our fifty one state associations, we try to be service organizations, and that's something that I feel is really a a service act so you know definitely hit them up hit me up uh, let you know let us know what we can do to help great so well um you know we don't want to take up too much more of your time uh we do appreciate it we talked uh, oh thanks guys we talked from grassroots with the nfl to green chili, green chili and missing the balloon fiestas <laughs> <laughs> all the squirrels that ran yeah. by in the course of conversation hey, yeah I, I love the state i'm always going to be uh, pushing for the state and I, people around the country and around the world that listen to our podcast, man. If you ever get a chance to visit this beautiful state, you won't just dis- be disappointed. It is, it is beautiful. I will tell you the hardest thing about living in the Midwest. See, I can, I can have a squirrel too. 
is there are no mountains. So I have no idea what direction I'm going at any given time. You know, in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, I always knew the mountains were to the east. Here, I just, I look at my little compass in my car, and I try to guess, like, oh, I'm going south, and I'm actually going east. I have no idea where anything is. And everybody goes, well, just look for downtown. I'm like, I don't know what direction downtown is. So it's... um, not having the mountains is a little bit confusing for this, you know, this child of New Mexico. So I, I do miss that. Yeah. Um, we miss you. We're happy for you. All the best. I miss you guys it. too. I miss you guys very much. And, um, you know, as I talked to you about for the years I was there, it's all about the family and I definitely miss my New Mexico officials. Um, you guys are, are with me every step of this adventure for sure. And I, you know, I may not see every day or talk to you every day, but you're you're definitely with me in my heart every every day that I do this job. So, if if not for you all, I wouldn't be here. That's for darn sure. Even if she does ignore your text messages, yeah. <laughs> if I ignore them, it's usually because I'm on like the seventeenth Zoom meeting of the day, so it's not intentional. Yeah. Don't take it personally. He's kidding. I, I got nothing but love for you guys. <laughs> so, with that and a message from Dana Pappas to uh, Zach. Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, again, we appreciate it. No, it's it. me. I have to stay in my lane. Oh, right. okay, okay, okay. You have that backwards. I got that back. He can drive across all four lanes to make sure I'm just, you know, kind of on the shoulder. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Zach's great. He has a great, great sense of humor. So, um, Absolutely. Again, appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. And like always, Absolutely. good luck on the field. 